if if you describe something to me as a diaper and in the description of the function of that item you have anything that says that the waste will pass through i don't want that i, I don't want that as a diaper Welcome back to Privy. Privy is a podcast about bathrooms, recorded from my home bathroom. I'm your host, Hunter Hoover, and I love bathrooms. Thank you for being here with us. Um, I, I appreciate you um, joining me on this journey through bathrooms. You know, it's, it's really a rich history, um, and we're going to we're going to be diving into a historical um, bathroom adjacent topic this week. But I want to say, I, you know, it it's allergy season. And so if you, <clears throat> if you hear, if you hear in my voice, what sounds like um, somebody choking on gravel, that's probably just the presence of allergies. Uh, the air is toxic and I know it's just like nature's way of weeding out those who can't snuff it. But like genuinely when your face is just like eyes swollen shut from just the sheer allergic force of, of every tree and bush nearby you, it just, you know, it makes for just kind of an interesting afternoon. Uh, I played about 30 minutes of Foursquare outside today. And the result was just a full-on allergy attack with my eyes just watering. And just complete disaster as far as as far as my eyes could see, which was not very far because they were bleary. Um, but yeah, we I live here in, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, the Willamette Valley specifically. And I, I once had someone explain to me that living in the Willamette Valley... Uh, first of all, just about anything can grow here. Uh, it's like the fertile, the, the, the fertile crescent. Um, I think that's a history thing, but like everything grows here, but as a result, every allergy exists here too. Like it, it's a blessing and a curse really. And, um, yeah, if you have allergies, it's just a rough world. It makes, makes me wonder like if there is a, a a correlation between allergies and, and what we do in the bathroom. I put my eye drops in in the bathroom. So that's kind of correlated. Uh, but yeah, tis the season. Um, and you know what else? It Yeah, people don't care about my rants here. We're, we're going to get into it. So as I teased... Uh, this this week we are talking about a bathroom adjacent topic. And I say bathroom adjacent because every now and then we get one of these topics where like it doesn't necessarily like have to do with the bathroom specifically, but it is so intricately and and um so deeply related to what we do in this space that it does well to talk about it here. Um and I, I got a note that it's been some time since I've ventured into this world. And, you know, I, I kind of put my whole gut situation on the line for the dragon fruit test. Uh, 
And, you know, I'm not sure if I want to... I, I don't think I'm going to be testing this one. I think I know what I'm going to find there. But this week on Privy, we need to talk about diapers. And specifically the history of diapers. Where did these guys come from? And having established the history of these butt coverings, um, we need to talk a little bit of etiquette. When my wife, I won't do the thing. I, I will resist the urge to go full Borat on that saying, but just imagine that I did do it. But when we found out that we were going to have our first child, we, we, were, we were ecstatic. And one of the things that began to happen is we began to accumulate the goods that we would need to have a child living in our, at the time, apartment. And we, you know, as we, we get the crib and we get the crib built, and we're like stocking supplies. And at one point, my wife has just like, woofy boxes of diapers and and I'm sitting here going how I don't you know I feel like we're not gonna need this many diapers like the the little guy is gonna grow out of this size before we even use them all and she kind of my wife Anna kind of just turns around and stares at me and I and and I know that I don't remember all the details but she asked me, like, well, how, how many diapers do you think you need? Like, how, just how many do you think you need? And, you know, I, I, it was of my opinion, having helped raise and having, at that point in my life, not changed a diaper. I'm pretty, I'm pretty out of practice. Um, I haven't had to change a diaper in over two years. Our children are, praise God, um, potty trained and well on their way. Uh, but, you know, I, I told her, I was like, I, I, I can't imagine one of these little things uses more than two or three diapers a day. Like, a couple diapers a day, two diapers, three max. Like, I use three sheets of, of toilet paper when I write, wipe my butt two to three times per job. So, it it logic serves that I could, you know... I would only need to change the diaper two or three times a day. The box comes with like a hundred diapers. I mean, you do the math. That should last me about two to three months, two months ish. And little did I know that I would be changing the diaper two or three times before we even left the hospital, like that first day. And I'm sitting here going, Oh no. And I, I will be the first in line to admit, and I have admitted it to Anna. I was terribly, terribly wrong. Uh, I very underestimated how many diapers a baby is going to be using. The other thing, while we're on the topic of changing baby diapers, you know something they don't tell you about those newborn baby poops? Like, they have all these parenting books written for all sorts of things. Well, how to... You know, and they, they got how-to videos on how to swaddle a baby and how to change the baby's diaper and give a baby a bath and do all these things with a baby. And and I'm and I will admit, I, I did read and I did look up and I had Anna show me a number of those things. But you know what nobody ever told me about? Flipping newborn baby poops. They are wild. It's like black tar. I 
I, I've never seen black tar heroin, but I imagine that it looks like newborn baby poop. It's insane. And, 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 you know, I'm in the hospital and, you know, that I'm told he, he needs to be changed. And I pop the diaper open as I stare down at this like real life miniature version of the Pokemon muck that had emerged from my beautiful son child. All I could think was is like, man, I am, I am so thankful for diapers. Could you imagine if, if he had just, just sullied this, straightened his blankie? Good night. From that point on, we proceeded to use way more than two or three diapers a day for the next two or so years. Um, really, it was four years because we had the two children, but whatever. I digress. I, I'm forever thankful to my wife because uh, one of the things I had told her, I was like, I really don't want to have two kids in diapers at one time. And man, my son and my wife, like they locked down the potty training like almost in perfect timing. As we begin to talk about diapers, I have some interesting diaper facts for you to get your head and perhaps your behind in the correct space here. First, the largest diaper brand in 2022, the year 2022, was Huggies. Um, Huggies, to me, is known for the, the big red box at Costco. Uh, and Huggies made about 20 billion with a B that's billion as in boring holio, uh, $20 billion in the year 2022. That's wild. That's a lot of billion of dollars. And the global diaper market, which is a thing that people measure and pay attention to, is about $82 billion. So if you want to make a trainload of money, if you want to, if you want a, to market something and make some money, Quit trying to sell Cutco or flipping, I don't know, the, I don't know what people sell. I see these Plexus moms and I just, I kind of don't get it. Like, if you're a Plexus mom and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like dunk on you. I just don't understand this. Like, they're like, oh, buy my pink drink. It made me feel better. And it's like, did it? Like, I guarantee you like just drinking a lot more water and a lot less of everything else. Like if you cut the sugar out of your coffee, you're going to be better. I, I did away with like sugar in my coffee, uh, about two years ago. And man, I'll tell you what it, first of all, the effects of the coffee are greatly enhanced. Um, and the flavor, I genuinely like the flavor of black coffee side tangent on the side tangent. Um, black, like poorly brewed black coffee, it tastes like it. My desire for that taste in my mouth is similar to what I think has been described to me as people who smoke tobacco cigarettes. They got to get that first tobacco cigarette of the morning. Like, the, I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. But yeah, in 2022, Huggies made $20 billion and Pampers was right behind it at $19 billion. And, and the entire globe like $82 billion industry in 2022. That's a lot. The average baby, um, which first of all, how dare you? Are you, do you call on my, no, but it, 
the average baby goes through 2,200 diapers in a year. Staggering numbers. Almost four to five times what I originally perceived. If you would have told me before we had our children, hey, they're going to go through about 2,000 to 2,500 diapers in a year, I absolutely still would have pursued my children. But I, I would have really taken my wife's advice at stocking up more diapers earlier on. That's staggering numbers. And it's really, you know, as with most things in capitalism, it's a lot of money being made off a person's necessity to catch pee and poop. Like, that's essentially what this is. It's coming to grips with the fact that we have got to catch this, otherwise it's going to be spread hither and yon, and we're going to have to deal with it then. But before diapers were a multi-billion dollar, billion dollar industry, apparently, they were pretty much free. It turns out these historical diapers were also not really technically diapers. So we need, we need to first look at the history of diapers. If we want to know how, how we got to these, I mean, they're, they're fairly technological. Like, I think it's only a matter of years before we have like scent odorizing or scent neutralizing. I'm sure they have scent neutralizing diapers. We never had these, but I, I was always baffled at how much urine a diaper can hold. It's insane. Like they get heavy. Um, and if you ever, if you ever had a, just a wet open diaper just and you have an enemy just cash that right at the back of their head like oof no don't do that that's mean we gotta we gotta grip and rip this bad boy Ooh. yes queen oh, that brings the pepper um yeah polar salsa's coming out again here but our journey into diaper history begins in ancient times. Primitive parents, Babar and Bumbor, had to rely on pretty primitive method methods to keep their kids from like totally splatter canning the ca the cave wall. Um, a, a parent then desperate for something to cover their child's butt with. They they reach for something and they. Begin fashioning like things made out of tree leaves. And, you know, I think of like Angela in the office where she's like dressing baby babies up in like food. I imagine seeing a baby just like got loincloth diaper going on with these tree leaves. And I can't imagine that leaves do much, if anything, to catch poop. Like... Yes, they provide a a barrier with the outside world, but how much how much are how much are leaves catching? Do you know what I'm saying? Really how much? Others who would yeah, I don't know. Uh, to me leaves is just scratchy. The others would opt for moss, which I think is a fairly more logical. Um other other ways, so instead of just simply wiping the leaves or wrapping the leaves in moss around the baby's nethers, um, another option would to be to take a gourd and carve it and fill it with moss for absorbency. I think, you know, it's kind of like a jack-o'-lantern and it, 
but it's a jack-o'-lantern that you slide onto your baby's butt. It's like a it's like a diaper lamp, like a jack a diaper, lamp, jacko diaper, I, die pumpkin pump. There's a joke in there somewhere. It's buried somewhere very very deep, but they would hollow out these gourds and then they would fill the gourds with like leaves and moss, for added absorbency. And I like like and I feel like. There's some sort of real nursery rhyme here. Like, I think there's there's got to be something about a kid who was wearing some sort of pumpkin or gourd or something. Other ancient civilizations, this time Egypt, um, there's evidence that suggests that they were using linen fabrics and animal skins as makeshift diapers. You essentially just wrap it around the, the downstairs. And here's my thing. I don't know if you've ever interacted with animal skins um, but they aren't the most cushiony situation. And I can't imagine an animal skin is going to do a lot by way of absorbing liquids or sometimes solids. I mean, ask yourself this question. Would you wear leather underwear? And if the answer is no, ask yourself, well, why not? And, and I think we, if we're being honest with ourselves, if we're telling ourselves the truth, the reason we're declining leather underwear is because of the chafing. Like, we're going to chafe. We're going to have some real chafed hog. You know what I'm saying? The options weren't bad. Um, the Greeks kind of took the Egyptians thing and other people's ideas about the pumpkins, and they said, okay, but what if it had a little bit more of a reusable take? Like, instead of... Instead of slapping a pumpkin on the baby's butt and calling it an afternoon, what if we take terracotta pots? Yes, pots, as in clay pottery pots. And, and we form them with holes in the bottom that were used now as early forms of diapers. Now, I, I, I have got to tell you, the description of these pots is that they, quote, would allow the waste to pass through while keeping the baby relatively clean. And as I sat here and thought about this, I was like, how, how in the heck is a baby going to wear a clay pot and poop in the clay pot and somehow it travels through the clay pot and it does not get them dirty? And I'm going to tell you the number of things that came to my brain, I could not suss this out, but thankfully we live in the world of Google image search. And I want to note here, I think this is not technically a diaper. Uh, I don't really know how to describe it. But I do know that if, if you describe something to me as a diaper, and in the description of the function of that item, you have anything that says that the waste will pass through, I don't want that. I don't want that as a diaper. Like, imagine you go to, you go to, we don't go to Target right now. Imagine you go to Walmart and you're, you look at the Huggies and the Huggies diapers say, allows the turd to pass through keeping your child's buttocks clean. I'm not going to buy it. Like, it's not that I don't want my child to have a clean buttocks, but get it. But I just, how is this possible? Well, I had to go look this up because I could not, um, I could not 
figured out. And I, the dis- after I saw it, my instantly thought to myself was, well, I don't think this counts as a diaper. Um, they This terracotta pot, air quotes, diaper here, um, essentially looks kind of like a high chair. And the child's legs do go through holes and they're sitting in it. But the rest of it, it's kind of like a toilet. Like it's kind of like a baby toilet that you strap the baby into the clay pot. And they would poop and it would drop into the chamber below where it would then be emptied when you take the baby out. Um, again, I think this is a gray area. I'm not convinced this is a quote diaper. I think there needs to be some sort of a like maneuverability or portability to the, to the infant or child when wearing the diaper for it to fully count as a diaper. That's just my opinion. The ancient Chinese developed... Good Lord. Like, sometimes I read a sentence and I remember typing it. Like, I I use my notes. I have notes. You caught me. I have notes. Forgive me. Um... But I mean, at the end of the day, this is kind of just research. Like I'm researching some things. I'm throwing in some jokes about taking a dump here and there, but not, I'm, I'm not talking about my stuff. I will update. I did eat Applebee's this week and I'll tell you right now, I thought I was like, while I was eating it, I didn't even, I didn't even eat it all. I had to take some of it home, but I had like, I had like chicken wings and, and waffle fries, like woofy. And I thought for sure, I was like, I'm going to get so dunked on. And I didn't. A-OK. There is no rhyme or reason to what part of Applebee's is going to do you south. But the ancient Chinese developed and still use today, I should note that, that's important, a technology called the crotchless trouser. Now, geez, the, the pictures of these are just ridiculous. Like, I, I understand how they came to be. I do. Like, I get it. Like, if the if you're trying to teach the baby, it was, you don't have to deal with the pants. Just you just bend over and the pants like break away. But they're they're essentially buttless chaps, but for like little kids who are u- learning to use the bathroom. Like, they just squat, or the child is held in a squat by their parent, and they go into a pot or a bowl or a toilet. And it's kind of like a tearaway. It's kind of like a tearaway. Like, you know those people that like, I feel like they're always getting ready to dance. And they just like reach down and bam, they just got like the breakaway pants. I feel like this is one step removed from that, but it only breaks away in the butthole area to expose the butthole. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if they make these for adults. I want to see some breakaway diaper pants for adults. That'd be wild. Be the man. There would be some awful moon jobs going on there. Never mooned anybody. Never really got the thrill. I don't really understand the the. Yeah, I don't understand the hype on that. Never mooned anybody. Um. Maybe one day. If we fast forward to the Middle Ages, it was a time of great discovery and worse smells. Diapers here took a leap into the future. 
parents realized that, man, you know, we've been using these animal skins as diapers. And some of these animals are a little fluffier than the others. They began using sheep's wool and lamb's wool as diaper material, padding and absorb, absorption. Absorption. I don't know if that's a word. Lamb's wool. Imagine, like, just, just a diaper just stuffed, just butt-covering stuff to the brim with lambs. Moving into the Renaissance era, it was a time of exploration. And the diaper choices in fashion kind of took a, took a downslope. The wealthy of society kind of embraced a fashion forward and they begin using fine linens as diaper material. Now, here's why you want to not use fine linen as diaper material. It categorically will be covered in human turds. But it should be note, a change in the word diaper occurred during this time. Diapers were used as the term diaper was used as a de decorative patterned fabric. So you would say, oh, those pants are made of diaper. Kind of like how, like, denim, you know, it, jean, it's a jean jacket. Well, jeans are pants, you know, but they're jean jacket. Like, the material is jean. Um, it's kind of like that for diaper. But they would take this, they began taking this fine layer, because it was nice and soft, and um, they began sewing it into the parts of clothing that needed an extra layer, particularly the ones that are associating with your downstairs. It, think of like early underwear, but it's sewn into the pants. It's called diaper fabric. This softer material began to be used by parents to the point where the idea of a diaper was associated with children and not adults anymore. It's like they were saying, oh, look at my child's butt covering. It's, it's all the rage. I use only the fanciest linens for their booty covering. In more recent history, the modern diaper as we know it today began to take shape in the 19th century. In 1834, a woman named Maria Allen invented the first U.S. patent for a diaper. Her design featured a, an absorbent pad that was secured with a safety pin. This invention, the absorbent pad pants, laid the foundation for the development of modern diapers. For a long time, these were referred to as nappies. If you watch Bluey, you know all about them nappies. As we move into the Industrial Revolution, things began to boom. Industry was being revolved. Revolutionized? I think that's the verbiage on that. Things were improving. Technology was getting better. And with it, machines to do work. Now, there are machines to produce diapers. Mass production leads to Mass confusion here. As during this time, I argue, we took a step backwards as we introduced rubber pants. Now, rubber pants 
served kind of the similar purpose as diapers. They caught the material. Now, the problem is, is until you, you would have to put some sort of an absorbent material, usually a nappy, inside the rubber pants to help the leakage. They wanted them to be encased in this impenetrable rubber barrier. The problem is, is that rubber pants often leaked, even when lined with the absorbent cloth diaper nappy. The 1900s saw an even different boom. We entered the era, era of disposable diapers, because up until this point, with the exception of the leaves and moss and pumpkins people of the past, we were reusing these. We were washing them and reusing them. And with the disposable diaper, I would argue, came a fortune by way of 80 plus billion dollars per year. Mothers and their infants clad in, at the time and at the beginning of these disposable diapers, they look like just glorified paper bags. Like, convenience was at an all-time high, but wearing these made your kid look like a ding-dong. Like, landfills saw more and more of these diapers pile up. Imagine, <coughs> we've talked of the trouble of the early sewers during this time. Imagine the just the bedlam that these diapers waged against those sewers. In the 1940s, a Swedish paper company called Paulström introduced the first mass-produced disposable diaper. The diaper consisted of a tissue paper lining and an outer plastic cover. Now, here's the thing. Tissue paper does nothing when wet. Like, if you spill something, next time you spill something, go get yourself a Kleenex and try to clean it up. It fades away like most of these government officials' morals and the side of anything that they want and they know they shouldn't have. But it consisted of a tissue paper lining and an outer plastic cover. It wasn't until the 1960s and 70s that disposable diapers gained the significant popularity and became a staple in households around the world. But before then, we have to jump back because we have been speaking primarily of baby diapers, saying nothing of the adult diaper industry. The use of adult diapers can be traced back to World War II when the military developed absorbent products for injured and bedridden soldiers. These products were designed to manage bladder and bowel incontinence, providing a practical solution for individuals who had difficulty using conventional bathroom facilities. The adult diaper was a medical invention to assist in wartime to those who fought and were injured. Marion Donovan invented the first leak-proof diaper cover. And with this, this, we arrive at what is essentially present-day diaper technology. Modern-day diaper technology has reached staggering heights. Moisture-wicking fabrics, absorbency like never before, 
Diapers that send messages to your start smartphones. Yes. El electronic diapers. Diapers have come a long way. <laughs> but there were some deals that needed to be made. Marion Donovan, as I stated, invented the first leak-proof diaper cover. She sold her patent for the waterproof diaper for $1 million back in 1950. Adjusted for inflation, that's a flip jillion dollars today. But still, disposable diapers were a luxury at the time. Lined with tissue paper. Johnson & Johnson came on the scene, and other popular brands began to emerge and produce diapers themselves. In the 60s, they introduced cellulose fibers to help catch and hold more liquid. In the 70s, they ditched the pins to hold the diaper on for the adhesive straps. Man, you can get some stretch on those adhesive straps. I was always impressed when I was diapering my children, like just how far you can wrap those adhesive straps around your child. By the 1970s, Procter & Gamble released Pampers made by a chemical engineer who wanted to make a better diaper for his grandson. Like Later, the formerly owned Kimberly Clark brand released their Huggies diapers. These added elastic straps to help them fasten, made the cut of the diaper to better fit the anatomy of a baby. Unless you get one of those thick walrus children and then you're going to have to get those chubby boy diapers. We have hardly even discussed adult diapers. But essentially, imagine all this but for a big baby called an adult person. I, I think you have to increase the absorbency on those too. Because like if, it, like if I'm wearing a diaper, man, I'll tell you what, I can produce some pee. Like when pressed, I, there can be some pee. I don't know if, if you're listening to this and you are currently in charge of diapering children, uh, hats off to you. Um, I hope that learning a little bit about what those who have had to diaper kids did before you has helped. Um, in short, we're living in the golden age of, of catching infant leavings. The struggle would be between, in, in these modern day brands, would be between P&G, Procter & Gamble, and the Kimberly Clark Parent Corporations over diaper supremacy. This war is now being fought by attaching Disney characters, making them waterproof on the outside, and making them sized for adults. Who knows what the future holds? Perhaps we'll witness the rise of levitating diaper drones or self-cleaning diapers. I don't know what that looks like. But... The, the fact is, as long as there are babies, we will need diapers. Now that we've looked at where diapers came from, we all know what the stuff in them comes from. We need to talk briefly here, a little diaper etiquette. And diaper etiquette can essentially be summed up as this. The diaper, change the diaper frequently and change it in a place where it won't be disruptive. Now, I, I must admit, early on, my thought was, well, if they pee, you can just let that sit and they can wait until they poopy in it. Now, 
again, Anna quickly corrected my error in this and said, no, you cannot just let them sit in the urine. Like, you need to change it as quick as you possibly can. To which I said, well, what if they instantly sully the next diaper? And she said, well, you change it too. But she's right. Kids need their comfort too. I wouldn't want to sit in my wet. You may need to wipe down the surface you're changing your baby on. I would recommend wiping it down both before and after the changing process. That's etiquette there. If you are changing a baby and it is not in a bathroom, you may need to dispose of the diaper in a more rigorous means um, than, than simply just tossing in the trash. Like, you know, you don't want, if you're changing at somebody's house, you don't want to leave just that, that just little turd grenade wrapped up so just so precious. You don't want to leave that in like their kitchen trash or like their bedroom trash can. Like, you don't want to do that. Deal with it. Take it out to the dumpster. Figure it out. Much like Zelda. And, well, I guess it's Link. Much like, much like Link and his very good sword, when you go to change a diaper, you want to go prepared. Diaper cream, check. Changing pad, check. Wipes, check. Make sure you have everything you need and that it's all accounted for before you go bursting open the seams of that diaper. Because once you break the seam of that diaper, those legs are going hog wild. You, th There's no control then. That is not the time to get your life in order. You get your life, you get your crap organized before you get the diaper unleashed. Like, you got to order your life better at that point. You do not want to expose the babe before you're ready to service the babe. The internet says you should always get permission before changing someone else's baby, and that's good advice. But in my opinion, unless you are related to babysitting or a medical health professional providing support, you should not change another person's kid. Like, I, as a, as a parent did my very best to never ask anybody but my parents and, and like the kids' relatives to ever change the diaper. If I was there, I would change it or my wife would change it. That said, I don't want to change your kid's diaper. Like, no thanks. Diapers are much more absorbent than you'd expect. And this brings me to a brief... Hunter's Anecdotes to keep you afloat. This Hunter's Anecdotes is back in the days of being a janitor. I've I've been not a janitor for going on two years now. I miss the profession. Um, they're heroes, really. And one day... I, I rolled up to do my janitorial duties. And one of the things that would happen frequently, partially because of septic, but also partially because of knuckleheadedry, is there would there would frequently be a just a a sign affixed to the outside of the bathroom door that says out of order. Now, as a janitor, when you see the sign that says out of order, at least I thought two things. Number one, did they try? And what I mean by that is, did the person 
or whoever the person who made the decision to deem this this toilet as out of order did they do anything to make it out of order or did they at the first sign of terror and peril slap a sign on the door wash their hands quite literally of the situation and leave it for someone in this case the janitor that we quote pay to do this now that is my job i'm glad we will do it but so often i would pop this door open and i would look and it's a classic case of if we could just locate a plunger and really give this this toilet a good plunge job we would do a world of service to everybody like you would have your bathroom and your toilet back within the hour you would have to wait for me to come in once or twice a week but so this would happen frequently and i and this day I rolled up and, and I was regularly getting in to start cleaning about 5 p.m., um, which means I was usually finishing my cleaning duties on those days between 9 and 10 p.m. And as I, I roll up, I see the sign and I go, okay. And I, I pop the door open and I see the toilet and I normally when you do this, you're met with just like the lake of like mixed brown and toilet paper. And it's very clearly what you got to deal with. You got a clog. But this one, there is no water. I mean, there's water in the bowl. And I cannot I can see like what looks kind of like toilet paper or something like it, I'm thinking it's paper towel. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I I'm going to I'm going to do this. It's going to be quick, so I'm going to do this. And so I go to plunge it, and I'm like like working on the plunger, really giving it a good once for. And it and this is not budging. Like I like normally you can plunge it and you hit the flush and it starts nope, the water is coming up to the top. So I actually had to like scoop some of the water out in order to continue this process. And I look, and I'm trying to figure out what this thing is. And I see what is one of the elastic straps of a baby diaper. Someone had flushed a diaper. Now, inside this Hunter's anecdote lives this public service announcement. And I, I know it should go without saying, but obviously it does not. Do not flush diapers. Do not do it. Because I, I am now caught on a Friday afternoon, Friday evening, with a pair of scissors and like these like tweezer type things that I found in the kitchen drawer. I know I used them on the toilet, but I swear I'm sitting here like, oh, I've got to get this done and I do not have the equipment to get this done. And I'm like simultaneously cutting the diaper and tweezing out chunks of the diaper at a time to get the diaper loose, to get it up out of the S band. It took me like 15, 20 minutes in this process of cutting and pulling to get this diaper free. And one of the things that I learned about diapers in this process is the absorbent material on the inside is essentially this, it's hard to describe it, but it's kind of like little jelly, like almost balls. They remind me of like Orbeez. Um, but they are just like, they're in there and they just kind of like swell up. They're also the like color changing agent that in the diapers that change color. And so many of these just, are in this just totally swole up and 
and the worst part is, is after you, like, you have the sense of accomplishment. You're like, yes, I have conquered the toilet diaper. And then you turn around and you remember, after you just killed 15 minutes to a half hour, getting some person's nonsense, and thank God in heaven, it was just a pee diaper. Like, I can't imagine, like, having to cut through someone's poopy baby diaper. Like, it was a pee diaper, so it, like, it's gross, but it's less gross. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but then you turn around and you remember, I still have to clean this entire place. Don't do that to your janitors. Um, if you, if you have a diaper, let the trash stink before you flush it. Like it's fine. Every janitor on the planet would rather take out stinky trash than have to remove a diaper from an S band. This has been Hunter's Anecdotes to keep you afloat. This brings us to the end of another episode of Privy. Thank you again for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the discussion on diapers. Um, if you want to shout at us, if you have thoughts, feelings, concerns, tips, tricks, feedback, any of that about diapers, send us an email, privycast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on social. We're at privycast. Leave us a rating or review. The five-star options are preferred. And for every review left, we will donate a dollar to the Wounded Warriors Project. Reminding you that the free world was not always free, but we should keep pooping in the free world. We want to thank Kevin McLeod and Poddington Bear for the use of their music this week. Thanks, Kevin and Poddington. This has been another episode of Privy. Thanks again for joining us. Own your stank, wash your butthole, and as always, don't forget to flush. <laughs>